Peace, peace, everyone. Um, we are here um, live stream on YouTube, and I have with me a special guest of mine, uh, a brother I've been known for a long time. Um, goes by the name of Cosmo L. Uh, out of the Khalifa territory, and he is uh, now in the in the lovely island of Hawaii. We're going to get into that conversation. But um, this is our second time uh, having this conversation on YouTube, doing an interview, and it's always an honor and a pleasure. Brother, um, welcome once again, Brother Cosmo L. Islam. Islam, I rise high, give praise to Allah, the honor to my illustrious and illustrious forefathers, the honor of the Marcus Messiah Garvey, and to Ali. I give honor to you, brother, uh, for your platform. I give honor to all true and divine prophets. Um, I greet my brothers and sisters in the humble words of peace, Islam. Islam, Islam. And um, last time we spoke, um, I think the title of our conversation was Signs and Symbols. We uh, spoke about your book, dealing with the Moabite key. Excellent book. Um, and before we get into that, those a lot of y'all probably already know uh, about your history and everything. But for those who are new, um, just coming on and catching on, could you kind of give a, a background about yourself, um, you know, your upbringing and, and just how you came into the teachings of Prophet Nova Islam. Islam. Uh, I, I want to make sure that I, I, I um, extend my appreciation um, for the opportunity I'm, uh, I, I appreciate your works, you know, uh, your books, your literature, your videos. You're one of the uh, few more that, you know, keep it just on a uh, scholastic and a positive level and don't get caught up in, in the in the folly of fitness, so to speak. So honest to you for that. Um, as far as my upbringing, uh, to try to condense it, I came into the Morris Divine and National Movement uh, though at that time it wasn't a temple around uh, 14 years old. Uh, I was on a journey at this age, for real. I'm not going to go into all the, of the reasons why, but for whatever reason, I was on a search um, for spirituality. And uh, being into hip-hop music, uh, being from Long Beach, California, and uh, MCing and things like that, it uh, caused me to uh, look deeper into words, you know, and as I begin to use dictionaries and the sources for finding words to uh, rap, basically, or um, I was able to, I started getting into words, basically, vocabulary, and so uh, in hip-hop music around that time, it was uh, filled with uh, speeches of like Malcolm X, uh, Farrakhan, and people of knowledge, you know, you had MCs like KRS-One, uh, you had uh, Rakim, and uh, people who actually had knowledge, and so when, as a rapper, I would study other rappers, and when I would hear what they would say, some of it, it would interest me, and I would begin to look it up. Uh, that led me to the path of, quote-unquote, black consciousness, or studying 
what back then, what was, you know, the studying self. And then it also led me down the path of studying uh, Islam because uh, of the Islamic overtones in hip hop at that time. And so in doing so, I began to seek out uh, Islam and in seeking out the knowledge of Islam and, and becoming a avid Muslim, I came across the teachings of Noble Juali. Now, being a young Muslim, coming into the various masjids and other Islamic cultural functions, it always uh, intrigued me how, uh, even though it's a, it's a universal brotherhood, it was still segregated. Now, when I say segregated, excuse me, I don't mean necessarily in a bad way. I mean, when you would go to the mosque on special occasions, obviously nationalities begin to group with their nationality group and you see them practicing their customs and you know you start to feel a little left out like well hey what where are my customs i'm new to all of this and so once i came across the knowledge of noble juali and and uh referring to ourselves as moors again uh being studious i began to look up this word more and when i looked it up <clears throat> excuse me it uh uh, enabled me to see myself in Islam. Moors uh, look a particular way. Uh, when you look at the pictures, Moors tied in turbans a certain way. Moors wore certain types of dress, um, and they were uh, they wore fezzes, and there was culture. So I immediately, after all this time, wondering where we fit into Islam and what was our history, founded by studying the teachings of Noah Juali. And so uh, that uh, at that time, I hooked up with organizing in the in the city at that time and uh, <clears throat> excuse me I began to study we had a study circle and that study circle consisted of memorization techniques uh, similar to five percent we had to memorize our lessons which is ancient real science you know which has been handed down which is related to hip hop which is another story but I began to memorize things like nationality card constitution and bylaws uh, our one-on-ones, um, and then after that, lessons. And so uh, after having these lessons, memorizing it, when people begin to ask questions, the, the lessons just naturally begin to come out of you, you know. And even though some of it is repeating, after repeating for a while, then, you know, you kind of get into a rhythm of being able to speak, speak to people about the subject. Uh, again, being studious, continuing to study, uh, and uh, I had an opportunity to finally get off the front line of organizing with Moors. I began to uh, look back into myself, and so I began to uh, I began to write more. Um, actually, I should say I began to pick up old manuscripts that I had already started, but because being on, on the front line, didn't have an opportunity to finish. So some of the first works were still. Uh, like ancient Kemite Islam has still kind of been sitting on the desk for like 20 years before it actually got published. And uh, when the internet came about, uh, getting online and being able to associate with other Moors and talk to other Moors in different regions, we you know we began to share knowledge, and I started to see that there was a lot of uh, division over certain subjects, and so I decided to. Uh, not just within the Moors community, but the fact of, are we Moors, you know, and having to defend this term. Oh, they're having an event over there at the, uh, uh, 
the beach for a, a protest. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I don't know what they're protesting all the way, but I'll find out. Uh, so you know, this is this is kind of what uh, brought me to the path, and uh, I started to begin to write. Uh, and try to solve some of the, give information on some of the questions that Morris faced. And uh, one of the main ones being Murder Moore. That's what Murder Moore um, expressing, uh, going into the etymology, semantics, morphology, so on and so forth of the word more. Can you still hear me? I know it's, it's getting a little loud over there. I can hear you, brother. And I just want to let you know. Um, the um the moors are on the the moors are definitely on and they're checking in. However, due to Zoom is being funny and um what's happening is this, brother, on a YouTube stream, they can hear you because I have the phone up, but they can't see you. Oh, and that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Okay. They don't need to see you. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. Praise Allah. <laughs> Praise Allah. We're going to have this conversation. And uh, what I'm doing right now, brother, is I'm actually um, recording in the Zoom. So I might be able to show you. Because you got on the Royal Guard more. You got on your purple turban, your purple robe, and, and I would love people to see you. But uh, they're still going to get the information regardless. So we're going to... There are no happenings, beloved. Absolutely. Praise Allah, this is exactly how I wanted to be. Uh, just, they just have to get, get a breath and, and resonate with that, inshallah. Yes, sir. Praise Allah. Absolutely. But, so I'll, I'll leave it there and, you know, and uh, go further into some of the things that uh, I was handed uh, with some of the next questions. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So um, you spoke to about your, you felt the need, you saw the, the, uh, the need to put out information to correct um, some of the misunderstandings that were out there going on with the movement uh, within and without the movement. And which is, that resonates with me because as an author, as a fellow author, I saw certain subject matters that wasn't being addressed. So and I see, and I wanna give you honor because you've written so many books and in each of those books, you touch on some very key important things, just that aspect of the murder to more. Um, I've seen your demonstrations, you know, counteracting the, um, the narratives that says more means black when we know it doesn't. So honest to you on that. Um, as a author, as an author, and as a Moorish American Muslim, how important is it, or how important is it to to put out these books, like in in your words, what what keeps you going in terms of writing? Because I see you always putting out works, and we're going to get into your latest work, higher self and lower self, keys from the questionnaire. What is it that keeps you going to put out this information? Islam, um, you know, uh, I guess being in a high visibility type situation, uh, whether it be online or or demonstrate, there are certain questions that come across my desk in high frequency. And I find myself answering them over and over and over again. And so when I get subject matter like that, 
then what I realized is that there's a need uh, and that uh, those who don't have access to me to give my portion, you know, of the, of the understanding. Uh, but yet they still are seeking that knowledge. Also, Noble Ali uh, told us to change, we need to change the literature. And there's, there's, you know, it always uh, surprised me that most of the people in the so-called black consciousness movement, at least, you know, at the time when I was growing up, and even today, uh, even though not so much so today, had never even heard of the word more, but yet it's in almost every major so-called black history book. You know, even to the point where uh, even El Hajjwilliam Shabazz talks about the word more. And, you know, once you start looking at it, you say, well, if this has been addressed so much, why is it so unknown? You know, and then you begin to realize that it's by design. And as Moorish Americans, there's nobody that's going to actually uh, uh, address these issues unless we address them. Uh, I, I uh, know that the information on Morris has been uh, suppressed. Uh, growing up, I've been uh, president of Black Student Union, uh, president of Pan African Student Union, all the while being a Moore and uh, trying to uh, introduce these concepts into the curriculum and into the mind, and have been met with uh, constant opposition until more recently, you know, when the internet had picked up and. Now the information is everywhere, and so now you have a bunch of people who uh, know uh, the word more and know Moorish American and can glean some knowledge and wisdom from what they see online, but yet are left to put the rest of the pieces together for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it becomes incumbent upon us to now uh, uh, write uh, and propagate the faith. You know, and propagate the message because to this day, regardless of all the different uh, Morris spinoff groups and all the different twists that everybody puts on things, the, the, the crucial solution that faces so-called Black people is still identity, and it's still being in a in a quote-unquote denationalized state, not knowing that one is even entitled to a nationality, meaning human rights and animal rights and so on, and uh, uh, divine rights, not knowing that they are at a disadvantage by not having a nationality that they can call their own. And then even within the Morris American community, knowing that, hey, just because you're a Moor, that doesn't mean they're squat. Your mother and father are responsible for you being born. They put in the work, not you. So the only thing that you can do to make it significant is to put, make your parents proud and to put pride on that name. And you get that by come being involved with your society and your nation and uh, and fulfilling the right, uh, the responsibility that come along with the rights. Everybody wants the rights, but they don't want the responsibility. And so these are the things that we have to not only heal within our community, Morris American community, but also get the greater uh, of us to see that we have to uh, leave the what I call plantation psychology and culture alone and return to our ancient forefathers uh, divine way of thinking so that we can actually be at peace on this earth. Absolutely. Islam, I agree with that. Yeah, and, you, and you're definitely doing it with the work that you're doing. I want to get into your latest work. Um, this book right here, Higher Self and Lower Self, Keys from the Questionnaire. And um, I want to ask you just, um, just 
off because I noticed that this particular book um, is all more science. Everything you've written is more science, but I see, at least for me, and you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you went a lot, you, you delve into the spiritual aspects pretty deep in this one. What was your inspiration for this book, writing this? Islam. Um, actually, you know, uh, in taking on the responsibility of, of, of what she, his sister Janelle, left here with the Moore Science Temple, uh, America, California, Inc., and then with us forming the new uh, Oakland Number One Temple uh, under the prophet, then uh, again, high frequency questions in that particular setting of, 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 of race and the media. And so, Number one, I wanted to kind of create something that uh, someone who walked into the temple who haven't been there for a year or six months could have something to kind of get, get caught up quickly on what the major aspects of, of the uh, more science is about. And then also, uh, I, oh, being a minister of culture and, and falling into, when I'm uh, going into that role, and fulfilling that role, just just dealing with the culture for so long, I was ready to, and, and, and I did that for a reason because it was less conflict there. Because the moment you start talking about spirituality, everybody has an opinion on what mm -hmm. they think, this and that and that. So I went heavy into the culture and into the history and the language first. So that when I uh, speak upon these things, you know, one will know that, it, that it's coming from a direction of one who has studied and one who has actually dealt and not only just uh, writing about this, but have demonstrated it in reality and life and also have, um, uh, you know, kind of just waited until I, a lot of people put their drawing out there and just say, hey, here's something that's universal for all boys, no matter what um, body you belong to. You know, you should be able to get something out, out of this book. And if you're not in the uh, more Science Temple of America and, and the concepts are foreign to you, that you can grasp a good understanding of what it is that we're about spiritually, from a spiritual point of view, uh, and in hopes that that will combat a lot of the negative press that comes with those that are out there doing crime in the name of the Moorish Americans, those out there that are doing things that bring a bad light on the Moorish Americans. So when someone says, well, what do Moorish Americans really believe spiritually? Where do they get their spiritual life from? Anybody can have access to it. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't mean that they're being made sheeps or adapts or anything like that, but it gives them some insight as to what the character should be of the war and, and what we're really about as opposed to just hearing that there's a bunch of crime going on and that we're all just with the adverse possessions and, mm -hmm. and sovereign citizen and all of these other things because at the end of the day, our religion is Islamism and that's an official religion uh, that is recognized uh, not only here but all around the world and uh, people need to uh, even if they don't decide to practice, become more familiar with the precepts that really drive the divine and national movement. Islam said perfectly. And um you definitely did that when you dressed the um the principles in the book. And for all those, just want to make note, everybody, if you haven't gotten the book, go get it. Amazon. I'm gonna put the link in the description. Um excellent read. 
it's um very easy read, but very, you know, packed with jewels in it. I want to speak before we dive into the book. You mentioned our beloved sister who who made a transition, um, Sister Janelle Ill. Um, I really want to take time to, you know, reflect on her, give her her due honor because it was because of her that you and I met through the Morris Unity Summit um, some years ago. So, you know, I, I, I can say from my experience, and I only had a short time being around her that her, her spirit, she has such love for more. She has such love for the prophet. And she, she was a small um, statured woman, but she was great in spirit and the work that she did. Like, I can't, I can't name too many people in the movement that was able to do what she's done, to be quite honest. And I know you're continuing that work. What does she mean to you? Islam, um, you know, uh, I always say I had I had two two grand sheets or, or one grand sheet, one grand sheet. One, uh, Danique Side Kareem Bay, who uh, a very pi- uh, pioneer in the horse movement in uh, California, and then Sister Janelle English Hill. Uh, they're almost like, uh, you know, uh, the masculine and the feminine. You know, because I learned the lessons and, and, and the science, but once I, you know, I got to dealing with the mother of virtues and the harmonies of life, and you know what I mean, you know, her strength, you know, she she had to battle, uh, go, go to battle in a sense. Every time we talked, it was always some grand sheet trying to come down on her and tell her she couldn't do the things that she was doing, you know, and it helped, uh, helped me to co-found the Morris Unity Summit bringing all of those bodies together in this time, like, you know, she had, she even had, had a plan that, that she wrote, a provisional plan to a Morris government to bring everyone together. I think she's very underrated in the movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not many uh, grand sheepuses that have not only did what she did, but have stood firm in the face of, of a lot of pressure. Right. Um, and like you said, it's because uh, of you, uh, because of her, that when I met, I met a lot of more through her, uh, 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 Grashi A. Hopkins Bay and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so many other Moors uh, that are are positive examples in the movement. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely want to give honor to her for that. Uh, I know I cut it short with naming names, but I just, uh, those people who they are, they know who they are. And, uh, you know, we just need to continue on her work. What they did by forming the oldest Morris American institution, the charity, which is a 501 cp it's an auxiliary organization of the temple. And what it allows Morris to do is to be able to, uh, this charity was founded in 1974, you know? So uh, I, I like to tell Morris, a lot of things that were done some of the things that were done and are just being done uh, in the year 2000 with all of these proclamations and things were done in the 80s uh, here in California by the, the elders of Temple 17, uh, which Sister uh, Janelle Hill was a member of. So, and uh, so she left a monumental institution here for us. And uh, I mean, that, that's what she means to, to me. She is, she's a, a pioneer in the movement here. And I think 
uh, a lot of times, you know, they say that it's a boys club, that mm-hmm. horse science, that the horse science temple is a boys club, and she's proved that that is not the case. It's right. just being a step up and face the type of pressure that she faced and, and continue to carry on the, the movement. Islam, Islam, definitely, definitely. Honest to her. Um, yeah, definitely high honest to her. I also want to extend uh, honors to another um, another uh, group. I'm saying some Moors that you and I both know mutually. Uh, my sheik brother, Asar Bay, my Sheikah's sister, Melanie Bay, that are out there in California now. Um, that's that's family right there. Um, another great example of great Moors. Um, it's a beautiful thing when like-minded Moors, you know, those who are truly working um, progressively in this movement come together and it's just linked. Like, it's just so many links between me and you on that level. So that lets you know law governs all events. Um, Absolutely. So with that, I, I want to get into your book. I want to start off with the beginning because in the beginning, um, you started off speaking on the star, the origin of the five-pointed star and the Siba symbol. So two-part two question is, um, one, what is the Siba star, as you expound on it, the Siba symbol, and why did you um, begin with speaking on the star first? Like what when you were addressing this topic of higher self, lower self? Islam. You know, the five-pointed star is, is an ancient symbol. Um, it's, uh, it's, it is the hallmark symbol of the Moorish Americans, other than the circle seven. The Moorish flag, and with the, five, the red flag with the five-pointed green star in the center, has... Uh, even become almost acceptable by those who are not Moors. You know, they are mm-hmm. beginning to understand almost like the red, black, and green flag that, hey, there's something about this flag, there's power to this symbol. And, uh, you know, when you see that flag, you just think more. So I wanted people to have some knowledge on, on that particular symbol. I didn't delve off too deep into it. Like you said, it's an easy read. I write for um, those who don't know anything about the subject. Uh, some people get my books and they want to go into some deep, deep, heavy science. And um, what I'm writing may be in a more elementary uh, structure. But at the same time, you know, keeping it simple, a lot of times uh, it makes it more of a resource book, you know, mm-hmm. because you don't have to delve in between uh, volumes of things to find something that you read, you can kind of come back to it and help have it have staying power in your mind if you're trying to consume it all. And so it being the hallmark uh, uh, of the Morris American flag, I decided to, uh, you know, deal with that subject. And um, you have a phrase where uh, sisters, they call each other sea star. You know, you'll see that it was a little bit more popular. You'll see it too much anymore, but they would say sea star instead of sister, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you look at uh, the five-pointed star in Egypt, or ancient Kemet, ancient Timur, uh the five-pointed star symbol is actually derived from the starfish, you know. 
people would maybe think that that symbol is derived from something in the sky, but it's actually not. It's derived from the starfish, which is uh, mostly uh, five equal points uh, uh, sticking out. Now, when you study the starfish, it's similar uh, to what uh, you go through in the womb. You know, you, you begin to stretch out in five limbs, uh, ourselves, inside the primordial waters in the womb, right? Which is the sea. Uh, uh, so, and when we are born in this shape, then we're born uh, uh, and we have a shape similar to the sea star. So out of the sea star comes this sea star, this walking sea star. Uh, the, the, if you look, mostly everything that's in the heavens is round. So why is the star with these five spokes? And so when the uh, ancient comedic days, they had a term for this five-point star, and it was the silver star. And it was a symbol of discipline and learning. And so I thought, well, what better uh, symbol that represents discipline and learning than the starfish of the Red Sea? Now, we have a phrase also, as above, so below. And so now this star symbol begins to be, as it's related to discipline and learning, begins to be raised to the heavens, right? Mm -hmm. And so it begins to take on uh, uh, a spiritual connotation. Uh, our principles that are attached to it are love, truth, peace, and real justice. But you'll find throughout the history of mankind, there have been various principles that have been uh, attached to it. I believe it was around 300 uh, BC when the Judaism began to use it as a stamp for Jerusalem. It was connected with love, wisdom, and beauty. And uh, as, as many geometrical forms, you know, uh, mean different things to other people. Right. And uh, so this was kind of my, my thinking and going into it. And then there are variations on this star. So I, I see more sometimes and other people use the star, put it in a circle, put it in a pyramid. And, uh, they may not know what uh, that, that symbol already exists. They may just be being creative. So I decided to do some of the variations on the star. Um, our particular star, the one that is in the flag, it is, uh, so we know the original Morris flag uh, was red flag. And right. we know that the green star was added later to di differentiate between naval power. Mm -hmm. But it was added by the uh, the uh, bloodline and it was added it was added because it was a symbol of the ancient ones who who that land belonged to, right? Right. As uh referred to as the seal of Solomon. Exactly. You know? And so it was put on there in honor of our ancient forefathers because our ancient forefathers were the one who actually ruled that that land, whether you want to call them Phoenician or mm -hmm. uh, 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 Canaanites or Maori, yeah. uh, whatever word you want to use. That's why that star was put on that flag. And when you read uh, the uh, proclamation of, of when it was put on in 1915, it, it goes into that, the symbol of Solomon. So Solomon is... Um, uh, that star is uh, is it's a geometrical it's a miracle geometrical symbol. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to make sure it's and sorry getting into my electronics. Okay. Uh, so it's a it's a uh, a miracle geometrical symbol, and that number one is created with one line. Right. Right. You can draw that star with one line, and you can make it. Right. And get. When, when in doing that, you're creating a, a pentagram 
and five triangles. Mm. You know, five, you reduce it, it all comes back to one. Each edge of that star contains a golden ratio. Yes. And each corner, all the corners contain a golden ratio. This is the perfect, what some might call it the Fibonacci spiral or whatever, you know, it's the perfect, it's, it's uh, uh, the perfect uh, uh, symbol of beauty and and balance in nature. Yes. You know, and all in, in this symbol right here. And so, but not only that, it represents, it's an open star, meaning it's not closed in, it's not filled in. And so this star has become to me, represents spiritual freedom, right? Not being closed in. When you get that closed in star, now you're dealing with man with this earthly limitation. Yes. And so, uh, Noble Juali teaches about the five principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Now, these are the, he says it's the five highest principles known to man. And so, it's, it, it, again, I go into the book of how it's associated with the man and, and how it represents the number five in the uh, temple and food uh, in Tamori. And so, all of this is this symbol. So we look at it, it's, it's really a symbol of perfect man, which goes back to uh, what it is we're here to achieve on this on this earth plane, is to uh, build that temple of perfected man, which we know uh, is in Sarah, right? right? Right, And we do through these higher principles. So again, giving people some insight into what that means. Now, when you turn that star upside down, you're reversing those principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. And now you're dealing with hatred, slander, mis murder, theft, and everything that comes. And then when you place it in a circle, now you encompassed it. So what was life is now becomes death. And so you'll see in this quote unquote witchcraft, they have the star uh, upside down with the circle around. Now, uh, in, in their symbology, it may mean a particular thing, but to us, that symbolizes the reversing of the principles and the encompassing of spirit man and uh, putting him in a, a dead-like state. And uh, right. so just wanting to go into the variations because we might say, oh, this is our symbol and just start using it. But yes. there's other uh, connotations to it when you begin to add on and take away. But at the end of the day, it's a symbol for perfect man. And, and that seal of Solomon connects it on a, um, on a real deep level with more science because so, see, Solomon built Solomon's temple. And Solomon's temple was built with what? It wasn't built with uh, it wasn't built with bricks or stone. So it wasn't built with masonry. It was built with carpentry. And so, and as a more scientist, we're all carpenter sons because we study the tools of the carpenter, right? Yes. Which uh, and and that goes into the tools that we use to build the temple of perfected man and uh, to ascend from our lower selves into our higher selves. Uh, which we'll obviously we'll go into later on, but those are some of the uh, uh, gems related to our, our sacred symbols. Absolutely. I the Venus. I know a lot of people go into Venus and it being the woman and so on and so forth. Uh, all of this is true. It's associated with Friday, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, the color green, which is copper, which is related to the planet Venus, and uh, so all of those things are true as well. But uh, it, it, it represents a lot more. Um, yes. Because a lot of times people emphasize the bloodline and that bloodline aspect is there, but there's also that divine aspect, which is what I highlight in this book. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how you, you spoke on that 
because the symbol is so multi-layered in terms of, as you mentioned, being able to uh, interpret it and see a symbol, the meaning behind it. Um, and I like that you actually answered several, a couple of questions that I was about to ask about the open star versus the closed star that you get um, into it in your chapters. Um, yeah. Before we before we move on later into the book, I just want to add on, or, or I should say, ask you a question. Because you um, mentioned about the star being placed on the flag. Now, we all are familiar, those of us in the movement, are familiar with that picture uh, um, where the prophet is sitting in the office and um, the flag is upside down. And you always hear more about, well, you know, because flag upside down means in distress. So would it be also safe to say that there's also this a spiritual aspect to that as well that was being demonstrated with that flag? Islam, Islam, uh, indeed. Um, a lot of controversy around that picture, you know. Right. <laughs> and uh, I like to tell more, you know, like even even which way the flag should be, you know, and, and one more season this way, one more season that way. Interesting thing about those flags is that they're in front of a window, which we know, right? Right. Uh, and, and, you can see it one way from the outside yes. and another when you're on the inside. Exactly. So which way is it supposed to be? You see it one way on the outside, <laughs> you see it another way on the inside. Exactly. Uh, you know, you step in that temple, you step in into your, your jurisdiction, you know, um, and the, it being upside down is, like you said, in, in flag uh, law, it is a symbol of distress. Yes. And then also on a spiritual level that um, man and his, his lower self, you know, our people are uh, are trapped in the, in the lower self. You know, you listen to our music, you listen to, mm-hmm. and it's full of hatred, slander, lupus, murder, death, and everything at all. And it's celebrated, you know? Yes. And so not only are we distressed as a nation, but we're distressed spiritually. I mean, and this is apparent on the on the one-on-ones with him carrying the woman, you know, uh, yes. humanity with the little baby bump, you know. Right. So uh, that that's very that's a very important uh, symbol, and it's a very important statement. And you know, politically, uh, there were a lot of things going on at that time mm-hmm. where you know things changed and. Uh, those who are claiming to represent that symbol were not representing that symbol properly, which is why it was in distress. Yeah. And that's why we had to rescue it, you know. Uh, they, we know that it was adopted, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that it existed already. <laughs> right. You know, yes. it just was adopted because even though it, it, it was uh, put onto that flag, that star symbol goes all the way back and it's related by them relating it to the seal of Solomon. They're showing you who it belongs to right there. Exactly. You know, and they're giving a homage to the founders of that land because they're just the custodians of it, right? Right. And so when you're a custodian of something, then you have to give homage to those who uh originated at first you know we were taken uh many of us taken out of that land mm-hmm. uh and so uh, and then and then first people have to even understand that when we talk about moabite and moab you know the first thing they think is they they go to the middle east but there's an ancient migration that took place that these ancient that landed these ancient moabites canaanites and, and others 
in that that part of the world like that, you know. Yeah. And so uh, many of us were taken out of, out of that land. We know that many of us were not. Many of us were here. Noble Jolie, he he joined the Broken Wires, right? Because you have on this side and Moors on that side. So when when you have some Moors arguing over the, the red flag is the real flag and, and uh, the green star flag is not the one, but we have to know what what symbol that is, where did it originate and why it was even placed on that exactly. and then who became the custodian of that flag right, Yes. Uh, even though it was adopted in 1915 there still was no independence in that land until 1956 yep. so he well, well what does that mean well there's an article in the Toledo Blaze in the 1930s where it talks about the Moorish Holy Temple of Science and it talks about a prince who got in trouble for carrying a firearm in Spain and he said he worked for the Moorish Holy Temple of Science in the 1930s. Mm. Why is a Moroccan prince working for the Moorish Holy Temple of Science? Because there there was something over here that they were a, there was a jurisdiction over here. Yes. And uh and that, that's why you look at Godfather, you see all those Moors coming in peasants yep. at a certain point and slow it down. You know, they put it in these in these movies. Yeah. But uh so that flag was represented over here up until nineteen fifty six. You know, well after the prophet. Yes. And then and now even when you look at that flag it's still not the same star. It's been changed a little bit. Sometimes mm-hmm. it has a black border, and yeah. other times it has that spiral in it, which mm-hmm. ours is just a straight flag. So we still rocking the original flag in the seal of Solomon, which again ties it to Solomon's temple, which ties it to uh, the work of the, of the carpenter. Right, absolutely. And I always tell people, you know, when they get into that conversation, like mm-hmm. the testament of one of the testaments of, of Prophet Noble Drew Ali's um, of his prophethood is the, just the very fact that he could have the flag, like you said, it was adopted in 1915, and Morocco didn't get their independence until 1956, where they could fly it over there. But yet, our prophet had it here in America, flying it, you know, proud with with no hassle. You see what I'm saying? So. So there's there's much to be said about that. Um, absolutely, I want to get into um, the the part in your book, and I'm just going to read it about the self. And let me go ahead here. Just pull it up. Yeah, this is the section on the self. I'm just going to read it here. It says um, the self. The subject of the self is one of antiquity, from time immemorial. And throughout various civilizations, the contemplation of the self has resulted in a myriad of explanations, theories, and extrapolations regarding the self. Likewise, these same civilizations have sought to deeply know and understand the self, but what is the self? It is said that the phrase, man know thyself, was written above the entrance of all uh, Tamori temples, which were used as places of higher learning. Then you have a series of writings, uh, one of which is, is one of my favorite. What the man underdeveloped man seeks is outside. What the advanced man seeks is within. And that's from Confucius. And then you go into the higher self and lower self. So 
Can, with that said, um, can you expound on the science of self and um, the importance of us studying not only our higher self, but our lower self? Yes, um, you know, many people think when they look in the mirror, they're looking at themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I mean, when I say many people, I mean, it may sound strange for those people who have knowledge of the higher self and the lower self and the self, but there are many people that look in the mirror and they see themselves and that's what they consider to be the self. Mm-hmm. I made a point to go into uh, what the self is and by illustrating, uh, by, by dealing with one of the sciences of the self known as psychology or the science of self, which dates back to the phrase, know thyself, right? Which right. is written on the pyramid. And so when dealing with the science of self, the science of self is the science of the mind, right? And so when you're dealing with the mind, you're dealing with the immaterial thing. You're dealing with the thing uh, that the mind deals with character and behaviors. So yourself is a, co- a culmination of your thoughts, your, which culminate in your character and your behavior or your personality. Your personality is your true self. And so this is an immaterial thing. You cannot see this self, right? Right. You can only see the, expre- uh, the expressions of this self. Yeah. Uh, anger, um, love, love. Uh, Hatred, uh, dude. So why it looks like some uh, rain is coming in, so I'm, I'm gonna move along and take cover while I'm talking to you. Okay, brother. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we're dealing with a thing that is uh, immaterial. Yes. You can't see until it's expressed, and the way that it's expressed is through one's personality. Right. So when. So, so when I'm looking at a person, I'm not looking at, uh, they may have a beautiful form, you know, they may have a lot of money, uh, they may have other external attributes, but in order to really uh, understand who and what that person is, I have to understand their self, which is their personality. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but in order for a person to understand themselves, they must understand their themselves. In order right. to be able to, uh, why is it important to know ourselves? Is so that we can self-develop. Um, there are qualities that we either inherit or that we uh, learn from our parents uh, that are not good qualities that we need to self-develop out of. You know, right. some of these qualities we don't learn from our parents. Our parents may have taught us right, but we learn it from society, and then it becomes necessary for us to self-develop. And so in order for one to be able to even begin to get on the path of self-development, they have to know themselves. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, what does that mean? That means knowing yourself, knowing your your positive attributes and your negative attributes, right? Yeah. Uh, your positive attributes are the attributes that you want to uh, foster, that you want to uh, continue to grow. And the negative attributes or uh, behaviors and motivations of, of you are the ones that you want to self-develop out of. One cannot uh, self-develop out of the negative traits. And what is a negative trait? A negative trait is an expression that affects people in a negative way. Right. Uh, sometimes, you know, I want to be careful in saying that because sometimes you can do good and affect a negative person in a negative way, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about uh, the useless, ungainly, and 
uh, uh, parts of our character and, and naughty parts of our character that need to either be uh, uh, cut off yeah. or or encompassed, you know. Yeah. So the the self uh, is that inner person, that one that you often may have conversation with back and forth, you know, that mm-hmm. brings us to the higher self and the lower self. We have a self, but that self, we have uh, actually two selves, right? Yeah. And you can even say one self composed of two selves, so to speak. And so the positive and the negative attributes. These negative attributes are usually born of negative emotions and or uh, desires or passions. Right. And so uh, what's an, uh, a negative uh, passion? Well, uh, here's this man, he has his wife over here, his wife is beautiful, and now I, I, I want his wife, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to do something to try to get his wife from him, you know. Mm-hmm. I let my passions and my desires for this person violate a sacred bond. Uh, right. That's negative. Not only is the negative attributes affect individuals, but they also affect societies. Yeah. Like in the example of a pedophile, you know. Right. who uh, ruins a child from the beginning or causes so much distress to a child and to family and ultimately to the society say if that child begin to act out and take out his rage on society for not being protected so it's very important to self-develop because we're looking to have a society of peace a society of peace can only be brought about by the cultivation of the higher self and people deciding to uh, put their individual passions and desires aside for the greater good of, of an overall society. Yeah. This is not an easy thing if, if you have to develop willpower in order to do this because the carnal self, which affects the thinking, affects the psychology, is uh, some of the uh, most the strongest impulses that we, we have because they're connected to our very living and our very society, uh, survival. We must procreate. We must eat. So yes. these things are strong for a reason, but they're not meant to overcome us. And what happens is because they're so strong and we don't know that we have this higher self and this lower self and that we need to keep that lower self in check, then they begin to rule us. And yes. so now uh, we have to eat every time we're hungry, you know, or Every time we see a woman, we get uh, we get them excited and right. and uh, over hypersexual and whatnot. Right. And these come from uh, not cultivating the the higher attributes in us and allowing the negative attributes to run, run rampant. Yes. The cocktail has a place. It's not that we uh, we want to say that uh, the, the the lower self uh, has no place because the the mm-hmm. carnal self is just a body of desires. It's not involved to think nor flesh to reason, right? Absolutely. So, but we have to make sure that we're not governed by these impulses and that we govern these impulses. Otherwise, it leads us into situations that are, are often negative. Yeah. Uh, so so that's that's what I would say in relationship to the self and just briefly going into the higher self and lower self a little bit and how it can affect not only one's uh, quality of a, of a peaceful and happy life, but also other individuals and ultimately a whole society, which is what we're suffering from, which is why our star is in distress. 
because our community right. is under the oppression of an upside down uh, 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 society that moves with that upside down star. Yeah, absolutely, Islam. And I, I like how you you spoke on that in context to the society. Uh, I know, and and I'm sure you you are uh, you're from Oakland. Uh, uh, well, you're you're based in you're originally from Long Beach, right, Mo? Yes, but uh, you you um, I know you was doing your work um, in Oakland. They, and I'm in Durham myself, originally from New York. And I know we all have had the conversations with our Asiatic brothers and sisters about what they use the term, quote, black on black violence, unquote. And how, you know, you know, the violence against our people, the young people, the gangs and stuff like that. And, you know, there's many different conversations on how this should be solved. But I think, you know, to your point, one of the main things that we don't speak about is the aspect that we want a peaceful society. We have to address um, the aspect of self-development among, especially within our young, all people of all ages, but definitely within our young, um, young people, as well as the willpower to kind of instill that because when you get to a point where there's no conflict resolution, you know what I'm saying? Where the first thing to go up because of the because of the lower self, the first thing like what does the lower self read? Hatred, slander, lewdness, murder, death, and everything that on. So you get to the first thing. Oh, he said this about me. Oh, let me get my gun. As opposed to getting out of that vibration of the lower self and being able to study self and the self examination. So, I, so you know, definitely to what you were saying, you know, absolutely is on point. Wow, you know, it's the, well, what I call, well, what I call impulse nature. Yes. There's impulse nature. And if one is not taught how to deal with this impulse nature, you know, then what happens is one just begins to act and uh, go with that first inclination. But you have to think before you act, you know, we have to, uh, so we definitely need to address that within our youth but also provide them with the type of uh, conflict resolution and so far as counseling and things of that nature. Um, when when things do be, get to that point where it looks like there's going to be some uh, conflict, that's where the temples and the auxiliary institutions come in by making us making it known to our, our people that, hey, we have a society that exists that can address these issues. Yes. Um, I so find as a as people begin to realize that, hey, Moors are not a bunch of uh, rebel rousers and uh, uh, criminals or how they try to portray us in the news, once they really realize uh, the science that we have mm-hmm. and the science that we, we're, we're using to develop our communities, they'll begin to uh, uh, seek to, to uh, benefit from that yes. and seek to help heal some of the situations because we have the answer. The answer is, is, is proven on a lot of levels. And, uh, I, you know, I know you have these lawyers out there. I have people come tell me, oh, this lawyer did this and they act in this way and that way. Everyone's growing and everyone's at different levels, but lawyers have to get it through, through their head that when you put on this fence and when you put on these guards now, 
you have everybody running around calling themselves noble, noble, noble. You have to actually be noble yes. if you want the response of a noble. Absolutely. Uh, you find yourself noble all day, but if you're running around still practicing Negro, Black, and, and colored culture, it's not just one thing to call yourself a more. You have to practice your customs and your traditions. Yes. Uh, these customs and traditions are usually things that are even, uh, that are all geared towards self-development and the betterment of humanity. But when we just say, hey, I'm a boy and I'm going to do everything that the Negro, Black, and Colored do, ain't nobody stupid. And, you know, you, you just right. putting yourself uh, right back into the situation that you came. Uh, noble character, nobility is not something that you're born with. It, it, it may come from that bloodline, but ultimately, it's about your actions and your deeds that determine whether or not you're noble. Yeah. And so, so the movement has placed a lot of emphasis on nationality and nobility and rights just for the sake of having a bloodline. But those rights have never just been for the sake of, of, of having a bloodline because there's a higher order that doesn't come with the genealogy. You know, Absolutely. it's everlasting. Absolutely. And that is what is, is going to remain in the end. Yes, absolutely. Like you said, I, I like what you spoke about with the higher self and Allah not having a nationality is a but like you said, it's higher than that. It, it brings back to my mind a conversation of the my spring grand governor uh, who also passed, um, Jerome Grand Bay. Yeah, he, he asked a master question one time in Baltimore. He asked he asked the more what what is the nationality of Allah? <laughs> and I immediately got it. I understood what he was saying. He was understanding that nationality is important, but it is, it will only take you, it, it has its place within the um, plane of manifest. That's loud. You, you That's know what loud. I'm saying? When you're dealing with the spirit plane, it's a whole nother thing. So, it, it, it's loud. It, the, the land, in the land of fleshless things, it, it has no bearing. I mean, the land. Yes and high principles that come from your forefathers or something like that but you know that I, I like the way you said that because not only nationality but a lot of times which I touch on in the book gender you know right. there's a lot of male or female yeah you know, exactly, exactly. Uh, scripts don't have gender you yes. know uh, uh, souls aren't even engendered even though we refer to it as a her that's a linguistic thing just like we refer to our lives like he, that's because the word has a masculine uh, designation in the language. But you only have a gender when you become embodied. And then, you know, there's rules in nature that go with that gender. Right. Uh, when you, when, when, yeah, I have a lot of, not, not a lot, but there are brothers and sisters that come into the temple. And one of the main questions is, well, is Allah he? Or is Allah she? Or this? And right there, they're at that. They're at a dichotomy of they're on that yin and yang, you know, they're on mm -hmm. opposite spectrums. And even in these relationships, you have well, who's going to run the male or the female. Well, you know, spirits don't have no gender. Evil is evil. Is evil. You know, it's, not, it's right. not some such thing as masculine evil and, and feminine evil. So right. ultimately, we're all going to be judged for our actions and deeds and our character. Our right. gender isn't going to play a role. Our nationality may play a role in the nation as we be judged as a nation, right? But mm -hmm. that individual judgment, you know, you're going to have to face that yourself. Uh, when we talk about judgment, uh, even if you just want to narrow it down to the repercussions of your individual actions. 
you have to face that on, on your own. And so our people need to begin to, as they have studied the bloodline well and have got into law and have done all of these things, they need to begin to start studying the higher uh, spiritual matters that concern the Lord so that we can really have uh, unity and love and peace on earth and enjoy this nationality, enjoy this divine creed instead yeah. of always being at odds with one another and arguing with one another. Right, right. Enjoying what we have been brought and prospering with it and and doing great things and showing the world that we are scientific and that we high culture and we have a high nature yes. and uh, we're just not cutting it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Mo. And when I tell people in that, like you said, that whole conversation about men and women, we we've made the gender aspect. Even if you listen to a lot of or read a lot of the um, the more spiritual writings in context of um, the gender we've made it more about the identity now in our lower self. In other words, you know, there's this whole confusion about identity and gender. Yes. You feel what I'm saying? And then yes. the context of what what is attached to that identity as opposed to quality of nature. Because yes. we know what a feminine nature is and we know what a masculine nature is and there's balance within that. But when you take it into an identity of you know, I'm an alpha male, or I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm, I'm the matriarch. You know, what I'm saying, and, you know, now it's ego involved where one is trying to rule the other instead of balancement. And I think that's where we, we definitely been lost. So I, I definitely feel you on that. Absolutely. If I add one thing, you know, even on the earthly level, it's only important. You know, you go through that yin yang thing, but once you have a child. That should bring the balance. And that's the problem. Yes. It doesn't bring balance. You have still people trying to, well, now it's not about you or you. It's about the child. Right, right. You should both be more focused on that than you are on each other. And so right. that's what brings that balance. Matter of fact, you know, it forms a pyramid. It brings balance. And so it's really only important, gender, it's really only important for us bringing in the the the, the uh, new star child and then right. what principles are they going to get right exactly uh, and, and that has to be has to have a balance approach and so uh you know again that's where that's where knowing the self comes in true absolutely absolutely and so to to add on to well to transition with what you're doing um in terms of the teachings of, of the prophet and what you continue to do with your works. I know that you're now, as you mentioned, in um, the beautiful island of Hawaii. And I want you to kind of just, without giving too much, um, if, you know, as much as you wish to divulge about the Morris retreat uh, and just in terms of like, what is your vision right now at the stage of you, what you're doing right now? It's loud. Well, the Aloha Morris Retreat is um, started by uh, a brother named Mahrisi Bani Ben. He's online. He's not. Uh, you can post him the pictures, beautiful pictures from the island, beautiful birds, uh, uh, reptiles, and, uh, you know, like little, uh, what do they call them, butterflies, and yes. all kinds of different things, you know. And so 
as as he's he's a he's an elder in our community. I've known him for at least probably 20, 30 years. And as more as you know, growing up, we were taught to be active and not passive. Yes. And so always kind of try to keep businesses and trade posts and, and things in, in the community so that Moors can see themselves. So when a Moor wake up and become conscious, he can say, oh, that's my shop over there. Let me go eat over there. You know, mm-hmm. and just like the, the Jews do or the Italians or anybody else. Let's have these businesses where we can support ourselves. And we have a track record of, of doing that for at least a decade now, you know? Uh, so when our brother um, laid out the beautiful retreat and offered the opportunity uh, for more to become a part of it, I said, hey, you know, this is an opportunity to, we've been dealing with these inner city and these businesses and being in the inner city. Uh, it's an opportunity to uh, uh, expand into the Moorish village life, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, there, uh, there are, it's a movement right now. It's a movement right, right. now amongst our people. Uh, you'll see, uh, I believe it was uh, Ben X, I believe, that the Hereafter Home. Yes. Uh, uh, and they're building the cabin style home, tiny home type uh, thing. Similar to uh, Allensworth, if you ever over in California where we have our uh, convention annually, there's an old so-called black town, first so-called black town, only so-called black town founded in California. Uh, and it, uh, truly so-called black is is Allen's work and when you go it's a museum now and you go and you see all right it's a building here it's a building here like the town is doesn't necessarily have to be a super big thing you know yeah uh with the uh, uh rise of of uh, alternative types of buildings earth back homes mm-hmm. tiny homes mobile tiny homes and uh it, it, it afforded an opportunity to begin to help develop that idea of a retreat out here uh, for yes. all, but uh, also that Moorish Americans can can enjoy uh, land uh, that Moors, when they walk on it, the, it's, it's their land. You know, they're actually yes. stepping into Moorish land. Not right. just talking about uh, some uh, sovereignty and these things, right. but actually we have to move to the level of village and uh, town and, and uh, community, even ultimately uh, cities and states. You know, we know we we have this structure and we know it already exists. Well, now let's go ahead and superimpose it upon the land and actually have it where uh, we can look around and we can see our own school, we can see our own temple, our own uh, whatever it is that we're trying to do. Yes. Uh, so we uh, decided that, hey, you know, we've given a lot of time and opportunity into the cities. Yes. And if we're ever going to have anything of our own, we need to begin to expand into our own land jurisdiction. And so uh, the brother offered me the opportunity to become a part of it, and I, and I took it. And so we made a plan to come here for six months and to help uh, develop the land uh, with uh, excavations and uh, some type of surgical excavations where we're removing just the dead stuff and we're leaving... Um, the sacred ohia trees and the guava trees and things that are on the land and, and in line with our indigenous ways. Yes. But also uh, building, uh, helping to build retreat homes so that when people come and they visit the land, that there's uh, lodging for them um, and 
maybe even food, so on and so forth, which will eventually expand into uh, tours across the island and, and seeing important aspects of not only Hawaiian culture, but ancient Morris culture, because it's yes. very uh, deep here. Um, the land is here, the land is spacious. Uh, there's nothing stopping anyone from curating the land, you know, and uh, and speaking about the cultural traditions that we're uh, connected with. And so this is some of the vision of, of what it's about. Uh, we have we're, we're working here, but we're also working uh, in other areas. We have uh, some of our brothers in Los Angeles have uh, have. Uh, begin to get into the land and uh, are forming uh, branch and programs uh, for for those that are in need. Yeah. And this is kind of the vision. Uh, also, there's an agricultural aspect to it. You know, being able to farm on the land uh, right. in agricultural zones. And so, being able to uh, uh, build these tiny homes. Uh, build self-sustainable communities, compostable toilets, solar power, water catchment system, and also generators and backups and so on and so forth. These are the uh, nation-building skills that our people are going to need to be able to get out of the city, come back to the land, and truly do for self. Uh, You know, you stay in the city and you're there, you might have for two months, you have a bad and end up on the street. And in Oakland, San Francisco, you got the skyscraper, for a luxury, and right down at the bottom is 10 feet. And so, you know, this is the future, the way you articulate it. Micro societies, the kind of live American society, by the cities we need to come out uh, and, and to us, man on top, so that we truly breathe. Uh, yeah, peace, 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 peace. And so that's kind of what it is. And for those that aren't able to, they come and spend periods of time out of the grid. I showed you some, some of where we were with you yeah. the grid. Yes. Uh, but they come busy for a while. They're some of that. And these empty, you know, they're finding transition. Islam, praise Allah. Praise Allah. Yes. I, I want to say that. Um, when I saw what you showed me, it, it made my heart feel good. I, and I know we're going to have continued talks offline. Um, I don't know if we had this conversation, but one of the things I did was I wrote, before I even joined the temple, I wrote a book that I just recently published called Land of the Free. And it speaks to what the whole thing that, you know, like you said, the movement of living off the grid, you know, um, sustainable living and things of that nature, which is very important. So, you know, and this was like back in 2012, and I was working with brothers here in North Carolina. And so to see that come back full circle, you know, just make me feel good about that. So, you know, I definitely look forward in the future, inshallah, to um, be out that way and, you know, and connecting with the brothers. So I know, um, we came up over an hour and your, and your audio towards the end got a little choppy. So I guess that's a signal for us to kind of wrap up. But um, I just want to say before we do, I wanted to give a shout out to some of the Moors, give Islam to some Moors. I see DL to Islam, honest to Cosmo and Shem, peace. Um, 
Kiki Curly Straight Talk, Islam, Eric Moore, say Islam, Shamel, this is Brother Samad L. Um, Officer POA said Islam Moors. Um, and he talked about when you spoke about the five pointed star, he said, I have a five pointed blue star in my left eye. Okay, he speaks about a five pointed star. And um, Anthony Culberson says, Peace God. Um, Sister Jean Bay said, Islam, my brother. So they're out here. They're, um, yeah, praise Allah. Uh, any uh, before we conclude, any final um, words and thoughts from you that you want to give to the people on how they can connect with you again? Get all everybody get the um, Cosmo L's books on Amazon. Great reads. Um, how can people get in touch with you and um, communicate with you? Islam. So um, again, I'm, I am here in Hawaii for probably the next five five months. Uh, what we uh, they can reach me at the minister of culture at gmail.com. That would be the easiest way. Uh, it seemed like there were a lot of more is coming to Oakland as soon as I left. But so, uh, 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 I want to give a shout out to the Moors who are there in Oakland who are holding down the temple, yeah. brother uh, Sheik uh, Osiris Amaru Bay, uh, brother Mike Bay. Uh, brother King Sirius Hill. I'll give a shout out also to Brother Osar and Sister Melanie, uh, uh, Osar Bay and Sister Melanie Bay that uh, have come and that are aid and assisting. Um, we look forward to uh, to other brothers and sisters who have been saying that they're coming to Oakland to help us actually build this community. We say that all are all are welcome. Just bring your higher selves, brothers and sisters, because one thing we do not tolerate is a lower self-demonstration out there uh, because it's too much at stake. Uh, so the minister of culture at gmail.com is uh, the best way. Again, we put the higher self, lower self. Uh, please pick up this book for us. One of, one of the things and other books uh, of, of, of mine, one of the things that I've done, I've recently started allowing the uh, charity itself to accept donations. Me, myself, I don't accept any donations, but what I do do is I write literature for more and if they support it, then some, like some of the great works that we're doing here in, in Hawaii, some of the great works that we're doing in Oakland, if they can support, then, you know, most of my wealth is spent in on the movement. So the more that they can support, the more they can see the movement shine. And uh, uh, we're also looking after this to uh, go to other territories where Moors have land that they're working on projects and take what we've learned here, here to help develop in other areas. So look out for us. I also want to give a shout out um, to the brothers and uh and Washington, Morris Science Temple of America, Washington, uh, Brother Douglas Renhill out there, and uh, Brother uh, Powell Bay that are demonstrating and um, and being about the upliftment of fallen humanity. So, oh, also, I can't forget uh, Shaheed Ali Hill and the Moors in uh, Los Angeles who are doing an excellent job, and all those on the Khalifa Council. Keep the faith. Stay strong, brothers and sisters. Uh, we're we're in a in a beautiful time, and uh, I just want to open up the open it up for more to be able to support the works that we're doing right now. Because as the prophet said, we need finance and we need it badly. We're gonna be all right because the lies lead on. But if there are those who want to connect with this great work and see it shine even more, see more families get fed, 
more families need housing and clothing and uh, see the retreat become more developed and our agricultural programs develop, then uh, uh, please support. Islam, gratitude, more. And again, thank you more for taking time out of your day to, um, to get on platform and share your wisdom with everyone. And um, to everyone, thank you for participating and um, watching what we have and we'll be coming with more um, gratitude more. I can't thank you enough, Brother Cosmo. Uh, we're gonna be in touch. Uh, right now we're about to end this live stream. So to everyone here, Peace and love.